Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Benchdown TV. I'm Paul, and here with me today is Kyle. And today we're talking The Witcher Season 2, Episode 4, Redanian Intelligence. And if we look similar to the Episode 3 recordings, because this is taking place about 10 minutes afterwards. So Episode 4, Redanian Intelligence, we get introduced to a very big character in the books, the games, wherever you look. He is a side character, but he stays around for a long time, and that is Dijkstra. Kyle, what was your first impressions of Dijkstra? Um, he's a fucking badass, and he's jacked as fuck. Yeah, that w- you didn't know his name at first before the pod recording started, and you just said the jacked bald dude. Yeah, dude, that's what he is. He talks to owls, I think, and he throws knives. He's a beast. He is. Uh, he is King Vizimir's advisor. Um, he is basically a spy. His job is to know a lot of shit. And yeah, the first thing we get him, Vizmir has two other advisors or whatever, trying to talk to him, pouring him wine before she can hand it off. She's got a knife in the back of the throat. And then, of course, she goes up and makes the other dude drink it. And he, and he even says, you know, th- sorry for the theatrics. And he's like, yeah, you're not sorry. You liked doing that. Yeah, the, the knife in the throat was very Tom Marilyn for all the uh, Wheel of Time folks out there. Ooh, it totally was. Yeah, this is a great entrance. And also, mm. it's just funny that the name of this episode is what? Redanian Intelligence, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just obviously makes you think that this kingdom has a very nice intelligence network. I really hope almost that it's a network of one and it's just this guy. And maybe his owl, it almost seems like the owl is in charge of him. So <laughs> that'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But uh, there, I just, I was honestly waiting for this to happen. Not this specific scene, but there's a, a Twitter account. So shout out to the Twitter account, Redanian Intelligence, that has dropped a lot of Witcher news and stuff. And I was just, I obviously knew that was something in world. So this was just a nice little, uh, a nice little treat to finally get the meaning behind what that Twitter account's name is. Yeah, Dijkstra is a powerhouse. This whole uh, scene, we get that Dijkstra is trying to feed Vizimir into the idea that they can take Sintra. They never would have taken Sintra from Kalanthi, but now that Kalanthi is not there, you know they can set free Sintra. Yeah, honestly, I like this idea. I was not anticipating it, but it makes a ton of political sense. And you know, at the end of the scene, you nod to the owl, like you said. Yeah. And then a little bit later in the in the episode, we get him shirt off because you know got to show off the guns. Yeah, dude. I mean, shout out to this actor, whoever he is, <laughs> however old he actually is. I I hope I look like this man. I mean, hopefully I have more hair. No offense, but I hope I look like this man at his age. His actor's name is Graham McTavish. All right. Well, Graham, kudos, brother. He's living life well. Um, he is also. Um, if you remember in Outlander, one of Jamie, his uh, other in command was this guy. It was Graham McTavish. No way. Probably didn't recognize him because he never had a shirt off. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, rec- I would have recognized him then. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, is, he wears a hat in Outlander, so you can't even see his bald head. But he is just drinking, um, not by himself. And Al is in the room and he's like talking to himself. Um, he seems like he's actually having a back and forth with the owl. 
But he's yeah. like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's he seems to almost be bouncing ideas off of it. And he's trying to figure out a way to get a spy into Nilfgaard's uh, leader, Amir's court. So he's trying to figure a way to infiltrate Nilfgaard. He's like, maybe there's a religion angle. Maybe he loves women or men. Who knows? And all of a sudden, Al must have pitched a great idea because it's like, that is an out-of-the-box idea. Getting an elf into Sintra won't even be that hard. Yeah, it's got to be more than that because that on its own is not that far of an out-of-the-box idea, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping there's a little more to that idea. Or maybe this guy's just fucking crazy. He seems a little crazy. Yeah, he totally does. Uh, and I think that goal, I think this is just him expanding his spy network. This is how he gets information. This is his process. Yeah. If you will, his thinking process. And I don't know, that's what he came up with. And we go into a cell and he ends up picking Dara. And Dara was an elf that was introduced to us season one. Um, he's the one that actually helped Siri kind of escape and live in the wilderness while she was being hunted. Yeah. His also, I mean, his hair looks great. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you see it more in the in the later scene when he meets up uh, with another plot line, but goddamn. Yeah. This man looking- has some flow. <laughs> All right. So we are going to jump over to our favorite. Well, I'm sorry. My favorite. Geralt and Siri. I just love whenever they're on screen together. I really should say Geralt and Siri and the other Witchers, but boy. yeah, I thought you were going to say Triss. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, Triss. Triss joins the party. Yeah, we get her right here. We see Siri and Geralt running the trail. Um, this is another one of the trials that the Witcher that they have. They have the trial of grasses, which was drinking the potions that turned you into a Witcher. And then they also have the trial or the trail, honestly, is what they call it. The trial uh, of the trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is basically just uh, running, making sure witches can quickly go through like whatever terrain. Um, pretty badass. We see Siri fall, bust her cheek open. Trish is right there. This cheek, not the other cheek. Okay. Goddamn, Kyle. I was like, bust her cheek. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. We do get Trish showing up saying, like, hey, like, you're a girl. Seriously, you're a girl. You're a girl too. So who are you? Who gives a shit? So she's like, Oh, I'm going to care more. And like, do you need help? Can you take me? She ends up peeling her cheek. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Gerald comes in. Oh, you know Gerald too. Okay. Yeah. He comes in carrying a boar around his neck like a fucking savage. Yeah. He's like, Oh, yeah, by the way, I got lunch. He's so cool. So obviously, Geralt and Triss had a nice reunion. So they go back. Triss meets up with Vesemir and the other witchers. We learn that they all know of her. Um, she's been invited here before by Vesemir. And she makes a joke about washing up for dinner. And like she's like, I assume all of you guys will do the same. And they start laughing. <laughs> Wash up for dinner. Who gives a shit about washing up? I, I do like that we're... We're getting more and more of the other witchers kind of warming up to Siri. Yeah, I am very happy that they are because she's – I hate to be comparing it to the books like I always say, but like she has fond memories of Karamore and she, she loved being there and like learning and training. So I'm glad that she actually is kind of getting that – not having like the hostile environment of Lambert like chomping down her throat. Yeah. You actually – this is funny that you – 
mentioned Way of Kings in the last episode, episode three, and I'm looking at my notes here, and instead of the Witchers all warming up to Siri, it just says the Wit. Oh, uh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Shout out to all of our Stormlight Archive combo fans out there. Hell yeah. Wit, another amazing character. <laughs> another amazing character, yes. Um, so later on, they're kind of eating dinner and they're, Trish is talking about how Geralt and Trish met and, you know, bringing up that whole Striga story. She had a cool line, you know, oh, he was dealing with another princess. She even took a big chunk out of him, referring to when she did chop his neck and almost fucking kill him. Yeah, they've had some nice callbacks, I feel like, this season one. I just enjoy the the in-world consistency that these experiences are carrying over with our characters, both, you know, in how they act and also kind of in the dialogue. A little bit of Siri. Uh, right here to go along with that, you know, early on season one, Siri was a princess, but now she's doing like straight manly, like witcher things. And all of a sudden Trish comes in. She's like, Hey, like, I like your dress. Yeah. Like, hey, can I, can I show you around the keep a little bit? So it's nice <laughs> to see, you know, you forget Siri is like a 15, 16 year old girl. She is like incredibly young. Um, and she is, she does have this girly side. Um, Geralt even goes on to say, you know, I brought her here to help guide you. So, you know, like we were saying earlier, Geralt is there to help her train and with the physical and fighting skills. And now he has somebody with her to take care of, try to train her with her uh, magic. Yeah. I mean, dad can only do so much. Seriously. Sometimes you need womanly advice from women. Yeah. I mean, it's tough out here Mm. for single dads with daughters. Mm. Cohen and Siri go off and like they, they go to bed this I just love their little relationships. Like, oh, come on, you little rat. Like, and then Triss hits Geralt with the, so how do you and Siri know each other? And he just like smiles because he has gotten that question so much already. Yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, they make a very odd couple. Couple. Yeah, seriously. What Like, what are you doing? And watching and basically being the guardian of this princess. Although I will say that I feel like everyone that knows Geralt that well it almost seems like par for the course yeah he's just always getting into shit yeah I mean like I feel like people aren't like people that really know him aren't like super surprised by it Mm -hmm. so Trish and Geralt talk are talking about Siri you know how they met what he is like going to do for her future and Trish is asking you know when she first start exhibiting the signs of chaos and Geralt's like she didn't exhibit any typical signs of chaos she can't even form witcher signs but she has the power of foresight and uh she can see visions that have yet to pass she like saw me at sun hill before it happened um she's getting like small glimpses of it and when he said she has the power of foresight all i could think about was the power of hindsight and captain (laughs) hindsight captain hindsight (laughs) we just fucking watched that episode yeah (laughs) that's so fucking funny The power of hindsight, which is better. The power of hindsight or power of foresight. Oh, the power of hindsight. Look how many fucking fans <laughs> Captain Hindsight has. Seriously. They fucking love him. They um, should have put fire exits there, there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they should have made this uh, the ceiling strong enough for a helicopter to land on. <laughs> Christ. Uh, so she also tells Triss about Ceres' pull, like a compass to a magnet, um, you know, that shows her the Myriapod. Uh, that you know tore the leshy in half and then charged them. 
They Gauss actually never- mentioned. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to speak over you and make the point you were going to make, but he says that it was an unknown monster, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. He's never seen anything like it. He's never seen anything like that leshy being able to mutate and then you know infect somebody else. So he's seeing things that he's never seen before, and they both went for Siri. Is what he was getting at. She has this pull towards them, and they're both going for her. Trish is saying theoretically a mage could have made this myriapod, but you know, mutating beasts like and and that experimentation that has been strictly outlawed. And Geralt's like, oh yeah, it's it's illegal, so there's no <laughs> way. <it made> it. <laughs> it's like that uh that club penguin meme of like the nine one one operator, and it's like murder, like that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I love that. And she was like, all right, well, there might be a way to tell. She does this cool little experiment, puts it in a vial. She's like, hey, we'll wait until morning if it glows. That yeah. means there's sign of mutagenic alchemy. Yeah, I like that term. It's, dude, you got to play the games. <laughs> Maybe I will after this. And dude, also, dude. there's a lot of sexual tension going on here. A lot. And we get that, honestly, uh, is this this scene? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they go through. They're like going to bed. They're going through the hallway. She's saying the names of all the mages that died. Yeah. And she's going through, and you think she's going to say all of them, but Geralt stops her. So Geralt still doesn't know that Yen is alive. Oh, spit! That is such a great point. I was so focused on him just being like, "Yo, chill." Yeah, I don't want to hear these names. Yeah. No, oh, he, that's a great point. That's interesting. They go on to this is the weird part you were talking about. F- fucking Trish is saying, like, you witchers, you pretend not to have emotions, but you do. I know you feel it. Normal love, normal hatred, normal sadness. And then she grabs his hand. It's like, stay with me tonight. Only stay. Let's not be alone. Yeah. Carol's like, I'm sorry. Walks away. Ah, uh, it's so awkward. <laughs> fuck yes dude yeah. i loved it i i just feel bad for her because you know that she's kind of hurting and yeah i mean she, Geralt's not really the guy i feel like to or just rather witchers in general are really the people to go to to kind of have your feelings validated and your and to feel super comfortable it seems so yeah she kind of felt like that was bound to happen it was kind of destined to fail but also i feel like they kind of insinuate that they have a little bit of a history so maybe it wasn't that bad of a plan. They were giving googly eyes to each other in season one a little bit. But I I agree. It's like, Tris, you were going after the worst possible guy for a relationship. He, yeah, like you said, he doesn't even have feelings. Yeah, she, she kind of played herself. Not to be so <clears throat> callous, but she played herself. <laughs> so the next morning, you know, Siri comes down looking lovely in a dress she's like she's got her hair down and like uh stuff in her braid uh, what the fuck clips clips in her hair <laughs> i'm not a girl so obviously <laughs> i'm not as familiar with the, with the subject but basically she is ready to be mentored by tris and she's kind of leaning back into being uh, a woman and all this other stuff of course lambert and cohen has a shit on her because yeah. why not right as soon as they see her, they're like giving her shit. Yeah. I mean, I just, I liked honestly that Tris kind of stands up to her or stands up for her rather. And it's like, you guys are just fucking assholes. Yeah. You guys hide like, behind this, this idea that you have that you're emotionless and all this other shit, but you're just ignorant assholes. Like that's, that's what it really yeah. is. 
Yeah, you guys should be ashamed. Yeah, like I you, fuck with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, like she says, like you know, you dressed her in rags. She's bruised all the time. She's washing your piss pots or your trousers. Like, do you guys even give her cloth for when she bleeds? And I was like, Kyle, <laughs> if you guys listen to our Wheel of Time coverage, <laughs> whenever a fantasy story talks and uh, just acknowledges menstruation and the difficulties it comes, you know it gets my respect. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> honestly, I thought of you immediately when they said that. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, so Tris and Siri, you know, they end up going to talk in the lab, basically get, Siri saying, you know, how long did it take you to train and control your powers? And she said, you know, it took a long time. Don't worry. You'll get there. You know, Garrett comes in, gives her food because, you know, they, they felt bad that you didn't eat. Like, oh, these witches are big softies. <laughs> He's a beast, dude. I just love that he dives right into this, like, forensic research almost mm-hmm. and is kind of maybe not necessarily going toe to toe with Tris, but he deserves to be in that conversation and have his opinion heard. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He like, you would definitely want his advice on something. Like she pulls out the vial. She's like, Oh, no glow, but there is something strange. And he sees it and knows what it is. He's like, Oh, Stellocyte. How the fuck do you know what that is? Uh, And he's like, Stellocyte from a monolith. He's like, I've never seen that before in a monster, but they go to the, the leshy arm that Eskel brought. And he finds the same thing. And actually going back to episode two, when Geralt was first dissecting the Leshy arm, he kind of looks at his fingers and there's the black dust. I didn't know what yeah. that was. I think that's what this was. was yeah, the stellocyte. So now they kind of have a connection and a clue of what are, you know, what, what does this have to do with the monster? So what does a monolith have to do? And they both look, both look right at Siri. who's just kind of like, <laughs> looking over this she's like what monolith i don't know what you're talking about and she talks about the time that she did destroy it episode one season one when she fled Sintra, and right outside the walls one could hear had her she screamed and it just fell over and then she kind of is a little scared and she's like like all these monsters are my fault and Geralt's like yo i'll fix it so cool right yeah and tris is like Ooh. she starts to think of that monolith and then she has one of those visions crazy vision the daughter of chaos belongs to us. Turn your backs, join the procession. There's only death here. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> daughter of chaos sounds cool for her. Fuck yeah. I mean, if, if if we can get down to a point where that's like her title, that's that's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that'd be like for like uh, break your chains in there. Like yeah, uh, that's great. That's Khaleesi's titles. Yeah, that's cool. So, like you said, Carol says, you know, don't worry, I'll fix it. You toppled this monolith, whatever. I don't care. I'll fix it. You know, Geralt and Triss, they are in the armory. They're having a short conversation about the awkward conversation they had the night before. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a short line where it's like, Cohen replenished your elixirs here and just gives it to him. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool guy, Cohen. It's also nice that Geralt kind of nips it in the bud immediately and it's just like, listen, I, I can't be what you want. Like, it's. Yeah. It ain't like that. Like, I don't know what you were thinking, but it, it just ain't like that. Yeah. I can't be what you deserve. And she was like, yeah, I kind of get it. But like, she was like, your pain had excited me because I finally felt something again. I was yeah. like, he also, I was a little thrown off when he was like, I hope essentially like talking about her value to him. And I was like, what? 
like <laughs> i mean is this like an ultimate friend zone where it's like we're friends and like <laughs> i need you around me but we need to be friends because you're useful i was kind of like damn yeah. bro that was a little she, <laughs> i hope that in your search to feel again you feel your value she's like to siri he's like nah to me you're yeah i was me. like bro you <clears> put <throat> her in the friend zone like i don't know if you should be saying that kind of shit yeah, that is a hard friend zone. Yeah. Vesemir comes in before things get more awkward, though. And he was like, dude, Carol, you're on a Sintra? I thought you said you would never go back there. Last time you went, there was like two chaotic, like <laughs> almost a war. One was a war. Yeah. And one almost started a war. Just absolutely destiny shaping events. Mm. Trish says, you know, I have a friend in Sintra who studies monoliths. He can help you. I'll portal you to him. And he goes, portals are no fun. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Geralt absolutely hates portals. I guess I, I I got the idea, but I like the confirmation. Despises them. He would rather, you know, ride a horse all day than take a portal. And when you're unless he, your best friend, I guess why not? <laughs> yeah, unless he absolutely needs to, he he will not take a portal. But you know, that's why when he does take this portal, he like arrives in the library. And just this is like he's hands on his hips. He's like catching his breath and he like needs to sit down. Like, yeah, he does. <laughs> Istrid like has the magic up and he's like ready to go. And Carol's like, dude, not right now. I need a second. I and- actually, now that I'm thinking about it, obviously he gets into fights and battles, but that's definitely the first time we've really seen him like that shook. Definitely. This is very uncharacteristic. And of course, yeah. it's portals, something that is just not threatening at all, really. Yeah. And this is a hell of a combination, him and Istrid. Istrid? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't know, man. I mean, I'm obviously not a fan of Istrid. I I went into that in a little bit of detail in episode three, so I'm curious to see what their interactions will be like. I've touted Geralt as this kind of surprise intellectual, so I, I'm interested in it. But I don't want them to make me like Istrid because I'm <laughs> I'm kind of stuck in my ways right now about him. Yeah, because your team Geralt, ride or die Geralt. Yeah, and, of course. You know, if your boy hates somebody else, you know, you ride with your boy. Yeah. I wonder what if Geralt finds out what Istrid did to Yen, you know, if, what kind of wrench that dude. Oh, just like yeah, Stregobor coming in and like saying that offhand. And then next thing you know, like Geralt. Offhand. Yeah. Oh, nice. shit. He has no hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look at me just crafting fanfic over here. Fuck yeah. No, I agree. They don't I don't think they know the whole background behind each other. I don't think yeah. Istrid knows Yen and Geralt banged. I don't think Geralt knows that Yen and Istrid banged. Ooh, drama. That's gonna be a really cool storyline going forward, but that's actually it for this episode. The last part of this uh Witcher character bucket is actually Vesemir. So Vesemir goes back to the cave where they put Eskel's body and you know just sees that the wolves did in fact eat him but on the way home he sees uh these flowers these flowers that are blooming in the middle of winter on the trail and he brings it back to Triss, who is an expert in this continent's vegetation just something else really cool about chris like her or Triss, her uh like speciality chris that was a little bit of a an unconscious cosmere drop there that's funny <laughs> um so she ends up telling him, you know, oh, this is fain weed, fain wet, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, this only grows where elder blood has been spilt. Where'd you find this? Vesemir's putting it together. Wherever Siri has spilt her blood is where this 
flower will sprout and it is all over the course. So by the process of elimination, does Siri have elder blood? Yes. That's a good guess. That is yeah. a great guess. I think I'm going to say yes. <laughs> also, quite the reveal that elder blood is like what a main ingredient. I, I, so elder blood was the main ingredient in creating witchers, not the flowers themselves, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And this is a nice little line from Vesperian when he says, destiny has given us a gift. Yeah. It, it, it's kind. It's nice because it's like, it sounds badass, but part of me is a little wary of it because I don't know. It seems like he's almost looking at Siri as like a tool at that point. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a way for him to create more witchers at this point. Yeah. That's and I don't know, that's a it's a strange attitude to look at a different human being that way. But I mean, he has obviously his own story and his own biases and they've kind of hammered this point home about that which the witcher population is dwindling. He kind of sees him as his kid, so I mean, I get it. I don't mm-hmm. love it because I'm a I'm a Siri guy, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see uh, what happens with that because that is actually the end of the Witcher storyline for right now. Yes, sir. In our last and uh, last coupling for this episode is Yen and Kahir. Interesting coupling. Never in a million years would I ever thought we would get an entire episode of just these two together. Yeah. They are on the run, and I believe they're in Redania still, I want to say. Um all the elves are being treated like shit. Like we see that real quick. Okay. Quick question. So Aratuza is in Redania. I'm just curious because I guess I didn't know where they were and it's kind of difficult. I, I realized, I, I noticed that they had like the, the soldiers had similar armor to some mm-hmm. armor that we've seen. I believe it was in episode three. The Aratuza is in the Isle of Thanid. That means which, nothing to me, but where I was going to say that? that literally means nothing to you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something about the because I, mean, I know obviously the continent is just named the continent. Mm-hmm. But is was like relative distances and locations like a big emphasis? So that is actually a giant problem coming up later in the season that I am look forward to looking forward to talk about. So far it's like it hasn't been too many issues because I mean portals, you can kind of do whatever you want, but Distance and land that does come into play and is actually a criticism of later on in the season. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm crapping out on you right now. I cannot find where Eretuza is or where the Isle of Denied is. Pretty sure it is at the border of Redania and Samaria, okay. like on on the left coastal border, the west coastal border of Redania and Samaria. It's okay. just settled right in between there. Yeah, that makes sense. Then that they would. To still be in one of the the nearby kingdoms, they're trying to get to Sintra, so mm-hmm. you got to go through somewhere to get to Sintra. Yeah, this is this is the the scene where they come up with that. You know, they are running. Um, they obviously have their hoods up because they're fugitives, and all of a sudden, a bunch of crows spread flyers around with one posters and straight up one piece. Dude, one hundred percent thought of. <laughs> yeah, it's just one piece with these goddamn um, bounties and rewards. Go get them. So they end up saying, you know, it's not safe here. Let's go to Sintra. Later on, we see like an elf kind of getting beat to death and they just kind of walk by it because they're like, hey, there's nothing we can do. And that's just kind of foreshadow all of the racism going on here. Like the the North just hates elves right now. They say, hey, 
you you teamed up with Nilfgaard. We're just going to have an alliance against the other nor- with the other northern kingdoms against you. A question I would have is how much is it a function of the alliance or has because it seems like people have always disliked elves to a certain extent. No, definitely. You're totally right. Um, there's a lot of people that just see something different and just hate it. Like we saw it in um, season one, I believe it was one of the dwarves, like a family had a dwarf just as a servant. Like it, they wouldn't even justify it as a human. Like yeah. they made it give, give their shoes over to Siri because you know they weren't human in their eyes. So I agree that there was definitely some, they looked down upon elves before this happening. This yeah. I'm sure either turned helped people like hate elves or just solidified their hatred for them. Yeah. It's definitely not doing them any favors. <clears throat> Absolutely not. I think it was episode three or it might've been this episode where there's like um, graffiti on one of the walls and it's a pig, but it has elf ears. Yeah. Now, how <laughs> fucked up is that? made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, that's It was just funny. Like, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure the relative time period that this is supposed to generally take place in. It seems obviously medieval. Just thinking of medieval graffiti is just funny to me. Oh, yeah. Just tag this out. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's uh, exactly what it was, though. It was like the northern propaganda now that like elves are pigs. Elves aren't human. Yeah. Um, so they get confronted by a guard who recognize them. And Yen swings a bench at the guard and doesn't use magic. And Kahir's like doesn't put it together yet. He's like, oh, I had it covered. He's like, no, you didn't. Um, so they actually run. They jump into a sewer. Here's where they find two other elves that, you know, at first there's confrontation, but they end up realizing, hey, we're all on the run. I can bring you to this person called the Sandpiper, and he will help get you to safety. He's getting all these other elves to safety. We do hear like an echoing crash of them leaving and then just like a monster, like coming out of the water in the sewer real quick. Yeah, I love the idea of a deaf person using sign language, like not shutting the fuck up and <laughs> like saying too much for like revealing the secret plan. Cause the guy is just yelling at the kid, like shut up. And he's just <laughs> signing what it's like, like, no, so, you shut up. Yeah. It was so funny. I just, that whole concept made me laugh a lot. And I'm sitting here and I'm reading the subtitles as he's doing the sign language. So I'm like, not really thinking about it. But then Kahir is like, what is he saying? And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, you guys don't know what he's saying. Yeah. That was a really, really good scene. I like how he ends it with telling Yen how pretty she is. I was like, my man. Yeah. He he was smooth. Knew he was going to die though. Immediately. <laughs> oh my God. When we get to the next scene and he's signing like this whole life, he was going to live while he's backing into this deeper pool of water. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, this is so he's like, I'm going to live on a, a farm and I'm going to have little chickens everywhere. I'm going to have a, a nice lady. And we're like, dude, you're dead. Yeah, so, he didn't of course, realize what, what kind of story he was in. Of course, he gets sucked in by the monster. We don't see him anymore. Um, the old guy actually runs away. Um, Yen gets sucked in as well. Kahir says, you know, use your magic. This is where she finally comes out and says, you know, I can't. Kahir still fights it off because he's kind of cool. I still don't know if I like it here or not. I mean, this is a good this is a good scene though for him. And even after this, when um when they get out of the sewers and they have that kind of argument when we're on, I guess, street level. That was probably my favorite scene in the episode. The Anakin here talking? Yeah, I really like that scene. I just think it's like K 
here coming from his like religious zealotry and his level of devotion that he has to Amir and the White Flame and Nilfgaard. And then Yen is, you know, obviously freaking out still because she doesn't have her magic. And this was at the end of episode three, I was interested to see how this pair would go. And then we get the beginning of the episode and we know they're on the run together. So I was anticipating something interesting happening. And I really, really, really enjoyed this scene, this interaction. Yeah, it's like you're saying, people from two completely different areas of the world forced to be together and be like comrades, at least for a short time. I mean, she's coming out. She's screaming fuck again, which is amazing. And she's saying, what's the point of anything? Exactly what you were talking about, Kyle. She's saying, you know, you're born helpless and then you find strength and then people, all they want to do is use you for it. And then you finally find love and then you find out it ends up being a wish like Geralt. Yeah. Uh, She was laying it all out there. She just basically threw her whole life story and was like, this sucks ass. You find power and it turns to ash in your hands. And he's like, dude, you were great. What are you talking about? At at Sodden, that fire magic was incredible. And he's like, oh, that's what stole it from you. Okay. Yeah, it was a little slow on the uptake, but yeah, he ends up going and talking about uh, Fringilla a little bit just because of the backstory. And he's trying to say Fringilla is like dedicated to the cause of Nilfgaard. And then Yen drops a really cool line. You know, the most important thing to teach you at Eretuza isn't magic. It's to make people in power, believe anything you want them to. Yeah. I love that too. And it immediately made me think of the end of episode three when we have, what is it? False, false debt. Full test. Full test. When he may, has that line about not trusting or trusting these people less and less. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell these motherfuckers are shady. I mean, Stragomor oh, is their leader. I feel like, is he their leader? Uh, he, he's like an elder. He's he's one of the like. Yeah. He's a very tenured. trusted voice. Yes. I guess That's you true. could say. So, mm. and it's, it's, it's fuck Stragopor all day, every day. So, oh yeah. You can tell they're a little shady, obviously. Uh, yeah, I love. I just like the way that she called Frangilla a political animal, like you know that she she will just finagle her way in and get what she wants. I feel like you definitely get that vibe from her in episodes too. I mean, one one to lesser extent, but definitely in two. So we see them see the old elf that abandoned them in the sewers run into you know the back door of a tavern. They follow him in. They're giving them shit. They go and say, all right, what's the deal here to the people, person leading them? And he says, you know, we need to wait until the place is empty, and then the Sandpiper will escort them to the boat. And yet it's like, Sandpiper? And then all of a sudden, you can hear a voice in the background singing. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have been a terrific audience. (laughs) (laughs) Right then. Yen just starts smirking. And, of course, our boy, Yaskier. Four episodes, what a great return. Phenomenal song, complete banger. Been waiting on it, too. Thinking about him, I feel like every episode. And I guess it's easy Uh, to say that. I haven't said it once on the podcast, but... (laughs) You have been. I was thinking about him. What do you you like better, uh, this song or Toss a Coin? Oh, definitely Toss a Coin. I mean, yeah, it's got to be Toss a Coin because that song is just iconic, but... Yeah, it's so catchy. This was a really good season two banger. I, uh, I've definitely been singing it in my head. <laughs> I just, well, first thought was obviously he's clearly singing about Geralt. Oh yeah, definitely. I will say though, his wig, if that's a wig, not doing it for me. Yeah. He was wearing that like hat that made him look like a pirate. And then that one wench took it off him. Um, yeah, I, I don't love his hair. It looks way too wiggish. 
It was it was all over the place. Um, but yeah, Yen walks up. They have like a a weird confrontation because he he's like ready to like call her like a snake nosed lizard monster or something, and she just goes in for the hug and he's like, "Drink, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink. If we're gonna have this conversation, <laughs> I'm gonna drink." Just like, dude, I missed man. I missed him so much, and they get caught up, you know, talking about Geralt, like, "Oh, we're better off without him." She Start- does not really believe that though. No, absolutely. That's, it was not. a very non-committal yes. Yes, that was a bare, barely a cheers. Yeah. Um, and she calls him out. She goes, "You're the sandpiper." What? No. Yes. No. <laughs> Why? Who's asking? Like, you're <laughs> the worst. Like character. you're the worst spy. Like secret agent person. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this but, person that he claims that he hates, and he admits it right off the bat to her. Yeah. Um. And you know, Yasker goes on to say why he's actually doing this. You know, they can't. They, I was in a bar. I saw them come for the elves. They come for the elves. They come for the dwarves. You know, and then eventually they'll just come for anyone labeled as other. Um. So you know, Yasker's a really good guy. He's putting his neck out in the line for the others. It did seem like a little bit of an assumption on his part to say like no artist is safe. I I, di- I just didn't understand if he meant that artists will then be seen as other once there's no other Think. like races. I think that's what he was getting to. Yeah. But I guess artists are so different and so out there, what they do. Some people don't like it. Some people do. And they have influence as well, as we we find out a little bit later in that, um, in the doc scene, which is a great scene, but a little little bit more to talk about before we get there. So they are actually in a tavern in Oxenfurt, which is, I believe, let me double check, right (laughs) at the edge of Redania. Hey. So we should be in the right area here. Here we go. So later on, they sneak towards the ship. You know, they get they get to the port. Yes, years like, hey, stay out of sight until I give you the signal. I'm gonna go do what I do best. What's that? I don't know. That's why. That's why I'm the best at it. <laughs> he's the best at not knowing what he's going to do. He's so wild. I absolutely loved this scene. Um, some people didn't like it, but I did. He is going in, gets caught. He's like, oh, papers. He starts humming his famous songs. The dude starts singing with him. Yaskier, you're the bard Yaskier. You don't need papers. Go on. And and Yaskier's like, oh, bless you. Bless yourself. Bless your family. Like, (laughs) I love you. Yeah. Why why did people not like it? I guess I'm curious because I thought it was funny. Well, this part right here when the guy goes, you know, that's not one of your strongest, you know, it's a bit complicated. It took me until the fourth verse to realize there was different timelines. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this is, this conversation is meta as fuck, but so unbelievably meta. Yeah. They were just making fun of themselves in from season one saying season one was all over the place. This guy was saying it perfectly. You know, it was a, I spotted the dragon reveal a mile away. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was kind of funny. I loved it. I, I guess. I, I mean, if you're like a diehard Witcher fan and love the books, maybe it would have rubbed you the wrong way. But me, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a nice little like levity little joke. I enjoyed it when when he says, you know, uh, it took me until verse uh, fourth verse to realize there was different timelines, and he asks, "You're like, yeah, well, you know," and he keeps on going and saying, you know, I don't understand how like the loot player ends up with a lovely warrior lady, warrior ladies. And Yaskier's like about to go. He's about to get on the boat. Just turn around. He goes, am I going to say it? I'm going to say it. And he starts <laughs> starts ripping him apart. And on perfect Yaskier fashion, using the most colorful words. It's just so funny. I love Yen's reaction too. 
she's like not surprised, but she's just like, oh my god. Yeah, she's like, yes, you're not right now. Okay. <laughs> I just like very... Kahir there too, though, because Kahir's like, all right, well, I'll step up, I'll be a distraction. Yeah, very uncharacteristic from him. He is actually kind of considering them a team. They've said it a few times, like there is no we, it's me and you traveling yeah. together. But you know, at, at points he does he is willing to put like a little sacrifice out there. And Yen is like, no, I can't go because if I show up without you in Central, I'm going to be beheaded. So she needs him to go. And while they're arguing, the old elf, you know, takes him for the team. I guess he still feels bad about abandoning his boy from earlier. I so, appreciated this. I thought it was a nice little, like, contained to the same episode. He had a nice little storyline. I like that he got his little bit of a redemption arc. He got his ass fucked up, though. So bad. So bad. Like, I loved how you went out screaming fuck the North though. That was cool. <laughs> that was he was like kind of timid about it. And then the last shot was real loud. Fuck the North. I like that. Yeah, it was nice. This was enough of a distraction for everybody to sneak onto the ship. Dara kind of stops Yaskier real quick and says, like, hey, thank you. And Yaskier has a cool line. He's like, I expect you to do great things now. Go out and live your life. So I hope whenever they meet up, they remember that interaction. He's the spy though, right? Yes. He is the spy that Beekstra is trying yeah. to get into Sintra. So maybe that was a bad thing that Yasker said that to him. Could be. It could come back to bite him in the ass. <laughs> Although I guess technically, like, Re- is it Re- Redania? Yeah. Th- them taking back Sintra isn't like completely, ag- or not taking back, taking over Sintra, isn't necessarily against like Geralt. Well, what is very against Siri. Yeah. All right. So never mind. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if you ain't with us, you're against us, so. They uh, they have a really good, they being Yaskir and Yen, have a really good goodbye. It was just really nice to kind of see them. It, was, it, was, it wasn't their first interaction, because the first interaction after a while, obviously Yaskir had all this pent-up shit he was ready to say. But now, after they kind of settled down, they had a really close, like, heart-to-heart. She revealed that, you know, chaos is no longer with her. Yashkir has a phenomenal line where he goes, you know, I'm scared too. I'm scared that muses will stop speaking to me. And one day I can't do the one thing that I was put on this earth to do, you know? And that's what Yen is going through right now. She magic and chaos and power was her whole life. And now it's just gone. It's like, uh, could you imagine being like stilled like that? No. Or gentle. It's like madness would come along with it or something. Yeah. It sounds like pretty much the worst thing that could happen to you. Watch Wheel of Time if you haven't. Or yeah, read it. You should totally check out Wheel of Time. The, the one Yaskier line where he's saying, you know, it's my job to put myself in other people's shoes, even if they are yours, which are large, clunky, and probably full of snakes. There was no <laughs> way he was getting through this conversation without throwing a low blow at her. So had to insult her at least once. Yeah, yeah. She just kind of rolled with it. Uh he has the line, goodbye, good luck, and good riddance, tearing up a little bit. But just as he leaves the boat, you kind of hear a yell and, you know, guitar strings kind of go haywire. And Yen goes up and sees his loot just on the ground, completely broken. Who uh, is going for him? I don't know. I don't love it, though. I guess I hope that it's a human and not a monster because monsters are harder to fight. (laughs) Well, humans are monsters are more simple. Humans are just evil sometimes, like straight up. That's true. But, uh, Bad intentions. I feel like with 
a non-magical yen and Kahir is kind of a beast in his own right, but I feel like <laughs> our chances are a lot likelier with a human. I think that Yasker disappearing is a nice way for Kahir almost to get in and in. We've, like you mentioned, it's becoming a little bit more of a we versus a me and a me. So, and I mentioned at the beginning of this bucket that this just kind of interaction between the two of them, this journey is is very interesting to me. So I think that adding like a little bit of a Yaskier rescue arc into it, it's just like a, a wrench I did not see coming at the start of episode four that mm-hmm. I'm really into. And I'm excited to, to dive a little bit more into that. Yeah, this is uh, a little bit reminiscent of the books, believe it or not. Yaskier actually does get kidnapped. Um, and, you know, we'll see going forward where uh, wh- who it is, um, you know, what actually ends up happening to him. Uh, but what do you think? What storyline are you most looking forward to going forward? Uh, Geralt and Istrid's, uh, Yannicka here, you know, Yaskir, or, you know, Dijkstra and his crazy King Vizimir. Yeah. I mean, so like on a, on like a guilty pleasure level, I'm really into to Dijkstra and his owl. <laughs> you want to share it off again. Dude, don't and you? his just absolutely rocking old man bod. But <laughs> I think that, I, I, I think it's, Geralt and Istred only because of the Aratusa wrench that's in it. I'm just interested to see what the reaction is going to be if he is like word gets out that there's a Witcher in Aratusa. I don't know if that will happen, but that's what makes it interesting. They are actually in Sintra right now. Oh, spit. That's such a good. All right. Well, then less interesting. I'm going to go <laughs> with uh, Kahir, Yen, and um yaskir then who are also trying to go to Sintra. yes yeah once we get our <laughs> little assemble moment it'll be nice but yeah okay now that the 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 eratusa line isn't there i it's slightly less interesting so i will say that oh but i guess they're in Sintra, and so is francesca and frangilla so that's i guess a little interesting wrinkle as well i guess those plot lines could almost maybe come together did tris know that he was in Sintra to, to send that portal there Istrid, yeah. She okay. says, I have a friend in Sintra. I'll mm. portal you over there. All right, then. Yeah, so um, final answer. I just said a lot of words is Kahir, Yen, and Yaskir. There you go. I personally sucker for Geralt. I want anything to do with him. So Yeah, he's um, a savage on the screen. He is. Also, where is Siri still in? Siri, Triss. Are still in Care More and Care More with Vesemir. Yeah, with Vesemir getting these ideas in his head, so that'll be interesting to see as well. Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, I already saw the rest of the season, but after <laughs> I finished this the first time, I could not hit play fast enough. I was like, "All right, let's binge." I meant to ask this on the the end of the episode three episode, but because you attacked us, we're like, "Oh my god, episode three! I need someone to talk to." So, what was like, what was the thing that hit like hit that chord for you? Uh, the fact that Kahir ran away with Yen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Yeah. It, this was episode three was the start of me realizing that the show is just completely detaching itself. Yeah. And so as more and more crazy stuff happened, I was just like putting it out of my mind. Um, it's, it's just crazy to think about all these turns of characters and, and 
if they're actually going to end up in the same place as the stories, which right now I don't think they will because they're completely different. Yeah, it's they're probably it seems like they might be taking a complete detour to get there if they are. That being said, I still absolutely love the show. It's what got me into the Witcher universe uh, first. That's what made me read the books and play the games. So I do love the Witcher. This season has been really good, but that's going to do it for us today. Uh, if you guys like what you heard, our podcast also covers Wheel of Time, Dexter, Midnight Mass, Rick and Morty, a lot of really different shows, but a lot of really good shows. If you want to toss a coin to your binge town. Hey, you didn't uh, say that in the last episode. I, I didn't. We have a Patreon up where you can become a binge town homie. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Or the easiest way to do all of that is to check us out on our website at bingetowntv.com. Uh, we are so excited to cover The Witcher. We're so happy to have you here with us. So from everyone at Bingetown, thank you so much for listening. Fuck. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.